Welcome to River of Life Church Sermon of the Week. You'll be able to find all sermons and podcasts at our website at goriver.org forward slash media or other streaming platforms. To access all resources, visit us online at goriver.org. Now be equipped and encouraged by today's message. Turn to Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. We're going to get into the word here in just a moment. Before we do, I've got a couple of important things to say here. One Sunday morning, a wife went in to wake her husband and tell him it was time to get ready for church, to which he replied, I'm not going. She asked, why not? I'll give you two good reasons, he said. One, they don't like me, and two, I don't like them. His wife replied, I'll give you two good reasons you should go to, her, go to church. One, you're 54 years old. And two, you're the pastor. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Cracks me up every time. One more? Sure. Too bad you're going to get it anyway. A pastor is driving back from Iowa and gets stopped for speeding in Minnesota. The officer smells alcohol in the pastor's breath and then sees an empty wine bottle on the floor of the car. Sir, Have you been drinking? Asked the officer. Just water, replies the pastor. Having none of this, the officer slowly and deliberately asks, then why do I smell wine? Without so much as a blink of an eye, the pastor looks down at the bottle and exclaims, good Lord, he's done it again. (laughs) You guys get it? All right, good. (laughs) Uh, No, we're not advocating drinking. So I had a prophetic word given to me by a pastor that I met this week. First of all, um, we had an event this last weekend called Hope Wisconsin. Um, Who attended Hope Wisconsin? Anybody here? Good. We had our ministry team there um, that prayed for people. And I'm just telling you right now, um, church, we we should be proud of our church for representing our community in a very great way. Amen. And our ministry team prayed for people. There was over 1,000 people in attendance that night and uh, down at the Lacrosse Center. Uh, many people got saved. Many people got healed. Many people got delivered. Many people got free and uh, really just um, impacted in such a way. And I, I, and I just want to share this um, very briefly real quick. I felt this during worship, and so I'm going to do this. Judy, we're going to wait on your word for next week, okay? Okay, so... Um, <clears throat> I felt this very strongly, and I just want to share this real quick. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2, this is what I read. I got asked to, um, as a pastor in the community, to lead and declare over our region and over our cities, uh, revival would happen. And as I was praying, and it's really cool, for those of you who are there, you'll, you'll pick up on this. As I was praying for the, for the day and what I was going to say for that day, um, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2 came to my mind, and this is what it says. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day and in our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. And then I begin to say that I believe that the Cooley region in this area will be a light of revival to the state of Wisconsin, but also to the nation. I believe that God's got a call right here in a mantle, in an open, if you will, if, if, if you don't understand what this means, that's okay, we'll explain it later, but an open portal over our region where I believe that God is at the tipping point where revival is gonna break out in a very powerful, strong way. Who's with me this morning? 
And I don't know about you, but I just want to be a piece of that, right? I've always told the Lord, I don't care if we lead it. I don't care what happens. There's a lot of, you know, just being in that room, there's a lot of believers right now who are hungry for a move of God, right? And we need to be part of that. We need to be a church and a people that say, yes, God, whatever you desire, all right, whatever you want from us. Because guys, listen, let me tell you, the things that are going on in your life right now, yes, they are extremely important to God, amen? That God takes care of us, we are his children, we are his people, but nothing surpasses the move of God. Nothing surpasses the powerful move of his presence and of his Holy Spirit. And I'm not in this just to make sure we have a good church service, I'm in this to make sure that we equip the believers to see revival take place, amen? So when we have the opportunity, and that's what this Sunday morning presents, it presents an opportunity, okay? Um, some people like to call it our religious obligation, a tradition that we do. I like to call it an opportunity for us to worship Jesus and also to make sure that we bring people to the house who do not know who Jesus is so that way they can get introduced to a new life in Christ because that's what this church is calling is. And we are, you and I, are responsible to make sure that happens. Because if we want to see what God wants to do in our city, it's not going to come by us hoping, right? <laughs> by wishing. Okay, it's going to come by us acting and doing and seeing God move. And that, guys, is up to us as the church, as the people of God. Amen? Amen. So with that said... I had a prophetic word given to me by a pastor that actually ran the, the evening. Um, their pastor in Eau Claire at Oasis Church. His name is Landon Huey. And him and I just really talked and had a great conversation. I won't, I won't tell you all the details of what he said, but I just want you to know that, that we're in for it, guys. <laughs> Someone's going, what are you talking about? <laughs> we're in for it. Like, God's marked us. God's marked our church. He's marked our church. He's marked our church to, to create legacy. He's marked our church to extend legacy. He's marked our church to remember legacy. He's he marked our church to move forward and see the power of God move in a very powerful way. And I don't know about you. I'm ready for that. Amen? You may not understand what that means, but just know that this right here is going to take on a different look. It's going to take on a different feel. Okay? And as we move into 2024, I believe that God is going to move with us, okay? I don't know about you, but have you felt like the last year or so has just been kind of dry, right? It's kind of like just wild. It's just, oh, it just seems like there's been battle after battle after battle, and it just seems like there's been just, it feels like our prayers have hit the ceiling. Come on, somebody, am I the only one? Right, it just feels like, like God, where are you? Have you ever answered that question before? Like, like, have you asked that question? Like, God, where are you? Look, as your pastor, I want you to know that I've asked that question to God. Right, we've had faith. We move forward because we know that God is good. Right, He is faithful to us, even when He doesn't feel like He is good or faithful. We know the revelation in our heart that He is good. Amen. That He is good. So this prophetic word that the pastor gave me says this, and I'm going to share this scripture verse with you because this is a scripture verse. I'm going to start this off with this because we're going to end here today, okay? So if you've got your Bibles, your paper Bibles, turn or electronic Bibles are just fine. That's cheating, but it's okay. <laughs> Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. 
Okay, everyone there? Okay, we'll get there. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. If you take your notes, if you're taking notes, write this down. We believe that note takers are history makers. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And he said this to me, okay? And it meant so much to me that he didn't know that this is what I was going to preach on today. Okay? Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says this. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let me say that one more time. Let's read it again. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time. That's important to understand that. At the proper time. What's the proper time? His time. His time is proper. We may feel it. We may see it. We may want something from God. And what he wants to do. But everything is constructed in his proper time. And our response to the Lord is being faithful to him. Being faithful to worship when we don't feel it. Being faithful to give him everything that we are with our gifts, resources, with our talents and the things that he's blessed us with when we don't want to because that's the proper time. See, the proper time is really the desert time for a lot of us, right? The proper time is that time between, between where God says yes and the time that we're waiting, okay? And so in due season, in proper time, we're going to reap a harvest if we do not give up, if we do not give up. And that just small little verse was so encouraging to me, it actually set my feet to move forward. Because it's easy for every believer in this house to get discouraged and get very, very uh, down when things aren't moving and when God's really not answering, Right? And then what the tendency is, is that we become mundane in our relationship with God. We become so, tra not traditional, but we become so um, just uh, religious in the sense where this is all that we do and this is all that we know, that it's not, the heart is not connected to what God wants to do, okay? <laughs> it's why we do our declarations. It's not because we want to all cheer and say them really loud. No, it's because our heart needs to be connected to what we're giving, Okay, And this is what happens a lot of the times. When God's not really moving, we become so, huh, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. we go, huh, what's next? What's happening? God, are you even there? Are you listening? Do you even love me anymore? Like, I can't, I can't hear you. I have no direction. I feel purposeless. Come on, I know I'm not the only one in this room that feels that way sometimes, right? Or when God's not answering your prayer, yeah. right? And, and you've had promises lined up that maybe someone, like you felt like God spoke to you and those haven't come to fruition yet. And, and you've had words spoken over your life over the last few years and, and you think that word is a now word when really it's a later word. And we get so wrapped up and tied up and, oh God, you must not be, that must be wrong or that must not be me. I want you to know that the words and the promises that are spoken over you have always and will always be yes and amen. 
in proper time. In proper time. I want to talk to you today about disappointment with God. How to defeat and how to overcome disappointment with God. Because none of us have ever been disappointed with God. It's a real thing. So what do we do when God doesn't answer our prayer? What do we do when we feel abandoned by God or disappointed with him? Hear me. The backslider in heart will always judge God for what he did not do. The backslider in heart will always judge God for what he did not do. By those who run, but those who run with tenderness for who he is, will always define him by what he's said, promised, and done. Let me say that again, because I want that to get into our heart, not just as a good word, but I want it to penetrate. But those who run, listen to me, those who run with tenderness for who he is will always define him by what he's said, promised, and done. Of all my years in ministry, which will be 27, of all my years in ministry, I can say with confidence that he is good. Amen. And he's also in a good mood. Amen. Can we just say that together? You're good. You're good, God. You're so good. You know, some of us wait for the song, but really that's worship to him too. You're good. You see, you and I, we don't get to choose the way things happen to us in life. And I'm not saying there isn't mistakes or bad choices. I'm just saying, going through life without pain or disappointment is not an option for us. It's not an option for us. Just because we serve a good God does not mean that things aren't gonna happen in our lives that don't make sense. It's not an option for us. We get to walk through those things with him. Philippians chapter four, verses eight through nine. Let's turn there real quick, come on. It's just over a little bit, okay? Philippians chapter four, verses eight through nine. Philippians chapter four, verses eight through nine. Tell me when you're there so we can read it together. Philippians chapter four, verses eight through nine. It says, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. Okay? Now, this is where it's good. And the God of peace will be with you. But peace will not be with you if you don't. Think on these things. You will keep struggling. We will keep wondering. We will continue to be disappointed with God. We will continue to ask him why you're not answering our prayer. We will always come to the place of not trusting him anymore if we do not practice the blueprint in the scripture of thinking on these things. Do you want peace? Yes. 
Who wants peace in this place? Right? Sometimes we have to trade our understanding for his perfect peace. We have to trade what we don't understand for his perfect peace in our lives. And how do we trade that off? Well, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Another version says think. I like the word dwell. I like the word dwell because dwelling means you're camping. <laughs> it means you're there. It's not just a one-time think. It's a constant. It's constant in your heart and in your mind. You dwell on these things. Dwelling and meditation are almost the same exact thing. Right, because we dwell on these, we meditate on them, we think upon them all of the time. And if we want peace in our lives, it can't just be a one-time thing where God, where we go, okay, God, that's really good. No, but what about this? Because that's what happens a lot of the times is we ask God, God, you're good, but what about this? God, you're good, but what about this? Can let me encourage you this morning to end with God, you're good. And not ask, what about this? Okay, it's very human nature for us to do that because we want to treat our relationship with God as contractual. If you do this, then I'll do this. Hey, come on, right? If you do this, then I'll do this. If my life's going good, then I'll praise you. If my life's going awesome, then I'll worship you. If everything's going my way, then I'll give you my fullness. But until you stop doing that, then I'm not going to give you everything that I have. It's not about a contract with, the, with Jesus. It's about a covenant with him. And the covenant says that we are together one with Christ. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. That's a good word. These things in these verses are for us to be reminded what our protocol is during times of difficulty, pain, sorrow, and disappointment. I mean, really, nobody needs to talk to rejoice when everything around us is going really good. I had to practice this last Monday when the Bears beat the Vikings. By two points. I had to go, God, you're good, you're good, you're good. I went into a time of just fasting and prayers. So you're good, oh Lord. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. But when they're winning, it's easy for me to go, yay. You should hear me, my son and I, Caleb, when we're winning. He lives in Alabama, right? And every first down, every third, third down conversion, we're FaceTiming each other. Did you see that? Did you see that? Oh, man, we're going to the Super Bowl. It literally is like that, right? And it's, it's awful. It's the worst. And then we always get disappointed and sad at the end of the game when we lose by a field goal. He is good. But when everything's going good, we don't have to be taught to rejoice. I'm telling you right now, worship was powerful this morning. And if you didn't engage in that, I'm really sorry you missed it. God's still here and he's still gonna impact your heart either which way. But that right there, what we did this morning, be expecting for that to increase even more. 
And some of you may be like, I don't like worship. It's okay. We love you. You can still come. It's very legal. No, it really is. It's okay. Like, it really is. But we're not going to circle around your opinion and your preference anymore. We're going to worship Jesus with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Okay. I don't know where that tangent came from. But what about defeat and disappointment? What about when it doesn't go the way you want it? When it doesn't make any sense? When it's a mystery? It's a mystery when things don't go our way. Amen? We trust God. We believe God. We have faith for him. Some of us right now are dealing with some pretty significant things in our lives. From sicknesses to body issues. First of all, let me just say this. Thank you so much. If you did pray for me from my foot, feet, thank you. I feel 100% better. Okay? It's... it's, it's it's amazing when you can't do something and you finally get to do it. It's like, whew, praise the Lord. It's awesome, right? So I can't imagine somebody that constantly is going through sickness or pain or things like that. It's way easier said than done to say, come on, just trust God, right? Just, it's okay, just worship him. Just, you know, it's really difficult to do that when you're in the middle of your pain. And I understand that. But that's what we call mystery because we don't understand it. It's a mystery, but let me, tell you, let me encourage you with something. See, that's the mystery that you and I get the privilege of carrying. We have the privilege of carrying mystery, the things we don't understand. And the revelation that God gives you will always be equal to the level of mystery you're willing to live with. The level, I like that by the way. Say it again, pastor. <laughs> You may not have meant it that way, but I took it that way. The level of revelation that God gives you will always be equal to the level of mystery you're willing to live with. And the inability to live without mystery will ultimately hinder your growth in becoming like a child. Should I say that one again? The inability... <laughs> To live without mystery will ultimately hinder your growth in becoming like a child. In church, it's childlikeness that can give you access to the revelation and things from God that you can't get any other way but by, by being a child. Amen. Only through becoming like a child. Children are always in wonder. I want you to know that we love kids here. And children are always amazing. I can't wait for a couple more weeks when they're up here singing their songs because something bad's gonna happen. It's gonna be fun to watch. <laughs> it's always my favorite thing. And I love it all. In our office, on any given week, we've got two or three kids running around in our office. Screaming, crying, laughing, pooping. And we love it. Why? Because youth keeps us young. And when we learn to become a child is when we can walk confidently in what Christ is walking us through in that moment. See, there are aspects, listen to me, there's aspects of his presence you can only get in the valley of the shadow of death. And the Bible says this, you lead me beside still waters. Amen? Amen? You lead me beside still waters. So who's with us in that time? 
God's with us, right? Jesus is with us. You lead me beside still waters. But it also says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, who is with me? You are with me. So it does not matter which season that we're in, whether we're beside the still water or we're going through the valley of the shadow of the death, we have to recognize who's with us. And when we keep our eyes focused on the one who's with us, then our eyes will not get distracted for the things that God is not doing. In that moment, we just have to keep our eyes focused on him. See, it's not what you're going through, it's who's with you on the journey. And one thing that us Christians have to stop doing is stop blaming Satan and the devil. Let's stop glorifying his name rather than the name of Jesus. Well, the devil's really after me. No, 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 no. Look, I know that there's battles. I know that there's things that we go through. I know that sometimes that is the work of the enemy. But let's have a resolve in our heart not to focus on Satan, the destroyer of our lives, but focus on the one who gives us life more abundantly. Amen? When you, especially husbands, let me talk to you for a moment. Husbands, listen to me. If you have a family in your house right now, or maybe with your wife, it is our responsibility to make sure that our home is focused on Jesus. I know you got in an argument with your wife. I get it. We had one this morning, a little small one. Well, not really, but my, life, my wife likes to move things without saying anything to me. Right? And then I go, where was that thing just right there? She goes, oh, it's over here. Like, I'm supposed to know it's over there. And I, sorry, I'm just, okay, I'm getting worked up now. But <laughs> I tease, I tease. But it's our responsibility as husbands and as the fathers to make sure that we are following after Jesus so that way our children and our family can follow with us to the one. See, but when we start blaming things on the enemy way too much, we blame things on the devil way too much. Okay, way too much. I ran out of gas in my car, man, so the devil must be after me. No, you just forgot to put gas in your car, right? I'm not negating that things don't happen because of the enemy, but what I'm saying is when we start focusing on Satan, then we lose the focus on Jesus and his presence, and we get our eyes off the wrong thing. And before you know it, that's when we start sinking, See, I believe that Satan is limited in every way. God gave him gifts and abilities at his own creation, and there has never been a battle between God and Satan. They're not up in heaven right now arm wrestling. There's never been a battle between God and Satan. Come on, somebody. It's weird. We make up this theology that that's really happening, and it's not happening. The entire realm of darkness could be forever wiped out with a word. But God chose, listen to this, God chose to defeat Satan through those made in his own likeness. Those who would worship God by choice. And you and I, hear me, we're not designed to live with theory, but to experience ever increasing breakthrough in our lives. And that breakthrough, you can start some music back there. That breakthrough only comes through Galatians chapter six, verse nine. 
So let's go back there and read that one more time together. Galatians chapter six, verse nine. Breakthrough happens when we do not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, you're gonna have your breakthrough, your harvest, what? If we don't give up. If we don't give up. And so let me prophesy over you as the pastor prophesied over me this last week. Some of you right now are at the end of Galatians chapter six, verse nine. You are at the end of this scripture. You may be weary. You may be asking God, where are you? You may be disappointed by God. And let me dispel a lie for you right now that you may believe. God's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. He's not putting anything, anything on you to teach you a lesson. You are his child, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. He is with you always. So let me encourage you this morning. If you feel like things that just haven't been going great, and it's been dry, and you've lacked purpose and vision, and you've, and you've lost your way, and your eyes haven't been focused on Jesus very much, and you feel the waters around you beginning to surround you, and you're, you find yourself sinking, no matter what that might be, in sin, in disappointment, in anger, in, 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 in lack of trust, or whatever the case is. Maybe you've asked God before for something, and he hasn't answered that prayer quite yet. Let me encourage you. At the end of Galatians 6, 9, it says, and this is where a lot of you are at right now, and I believe 2024 is going to be a season of harvest for us, for you. I believe 2024 is going to usher in something very significant. Why? Not only is it an election year, and let me just tell you, that the devil will try to come and scare the church and scare the believers because of all the things that are going to take place in 2024. But I refuse to listen to that because we serve a greater God than that's in this world. Do what you want to, world. Say what you want to. What are you going to do? Threaten me with death? Go ahead. As my favorite quarterback says, if I die, I die. By the way, that's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> it does not matter. Why? Because we're at the end of Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And you're going to reap a harvest if we don't give up. Amen. If you don't give up. So don't faint. Don't give up. Don't let the distractions of your circumstance turn away from his love. Let me encourage you with something also before I close. Do not go in to 2024 with the baggage of 2023. You cannot afford to carry that into 2024 because if we're expecting God to do something, and I'm expecting God to do something, And for those of us who maybe just want to not worry about that, it's okay. 
You can partake in the blessing as well. There's nothing wrong with that. But I want you to know that I'm expecting God to do something in your life. I'm expecting God to do something in our church. Amen? I'm expecting God to move. And I want your level of expectancy to come with me. Can we do that? But we can't give up. We can't give up. Fear doesn't stand a chance when we stand in his love. It's a worship song. Fear doesn't stand a chance when we stand in his love. So let's stand in confidence in his promises. Amen. We're not to stand right now. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's kind of like when you, the pastor says, repeat after me. Then they stop repeating. And then you're just like, everyone still repeats the prayer. You're trying to repeat. Anyway. So let's bow our head and close our eyes. I'm just going to ask a couple of questions here this morning as we end it today. Anybody feel encouraged this morning? I do. First question, I'll always ask this, and I want you to know that if you're wondering if I'll ever give an altar call for salvation, 99.9, of the time, I will always give an uh, a, a altar call for salvation. So if you're wondering if, I should bring, if, you, if you should bring your friends with you so they can experience God, I want you to know, bring your unsafe friends. Bring your unsafe loved ones, your family. Bring your unsafe coworkers. Why? Because they're gonna get this request right now. Is there anybody here this morning that doesn't know who Jesus is? Or maybe you have and you've fallen away from him and you know it. You have, you have, the coined word is backslide.